Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Mondays Down South. I am very excited to rejoin the guys. I was out last week in the mountains, so couldn't make it, but the boys held strong and got the uh, got the job done. But I'm um, looking forward to just going over so many different things in the NFL. I mean, last week was crazy, and um, we have so much to get into. But first, I did want to bring up the topic for today. And then I'll kind of uh, send it over to the guys for some last remarks here. But this is going to be an interesting one, right? So October's beautiful. Right now in Charlotte, it's like 80 degrees, but apparently we're getting a cold front in. Overall, month over month, you never know what the temperature is going to bring. And personally, I think this is the best season of the year. So why not compare NFL players to a particular month? Yes, you heard that right. We're going to take three NFL players today. And we are going to compare them to a specific month in the year. Now, Zion and I were kind of discussing this when he was in Charlotte last weekend. And we had a varying degree of which months we enjoy and do not enjoy. For example, he did not like August very much. I love August because it's like the last excuse to vacation. But he thinks about it as, oh, you have to go back to school. So as we kind of went back and forth on the subject, we figured why not take the or the actual calendar months and compare them to actual NFL players. So I'm really looking forward to this. I feel like this is going to get really creative, really wild. And uh, guys, I'll pass it over to you before we go ahead and start the uh, start the theme. Yeah, I just want to give a huge shout out to uh, Zach Bakulik and Colin Beckham for being wonderful hosts this weekend in Charlotte. Um, had a wonderful time hanging out with the boys. And I want to give a uh, really big shout out to my boy, Mike Lemire. Even during his wedding, he made a point of walking up to me and mentioning how he's watched a couple episodes of Mondays Down South during his wedding. So that is a real fan right there. And, and I want to give him a shout out. So that's I just want to throw that out there real quick. Love it. I got nothing major to report. Just another week. Good weekend of games. Sai, we'll see you in a few days here. So we'll be able to watch them together this upcoming weekend. So, yeah, just good to be back for another week. Sai, you've been on that travel bug recently. I'm give doing us, my... uh, Give the viewers all the different places. You were in Charlotte this weekend, New York the next. Yeah, I'm doing a little MDS tour, it seems like, you know. Started in Jacksonville with both my boys. Then I worked my way over to Charlotte with my, uh, you know, Charlotte MDS boy with Zach over there. And now I'm going to New York to be with the mother mds boy and it also happens to be world series weekend so hopefully it goes six or seven so then evan and i can go to this cool bar and and watch the games there i'm and keep an eye out if we do go there you might see a little instagram story of us Ooh. at a baseball bar for, from the mds account so that'd be really cool and so yeah that's a little, little recap and uh if you want i can start i can start the segment you know it, I, I think you guys see me up perfectly all right so first and foremost <clears throat> i'm going to start with the current month that we're in right I'm going to talk about October, and I cheated the system a little bit because Zach introduced it as players, but I'm including coaches, and I'm including teams as well, and I'm starting with the month of October, which is October. We're one day away from Halloween. It's, you're probably going to be listening to this after, and with spooky hours, my shout-out is to Mr. Arthur Smith, who 
is might be the scariest person to ever watch run an offense in maybe NFL history. Like I am terrified every time I'm in calls a play, especially when something is important. Um, earlier, I think it was like today or yesterday, Evan sent the uh, the play about Arthur Smith and on the goal line brings in his second tight end, um, who was a John Smith to throw a pass to his third tight end instead of using one of his three running backs or his actual quarterback, which by the way, they had their second quarterback in. So if you're still following, it is spooky hours with the Falcons offense right now with Arthur Smith, and yet somehow they're still winning games because they're a talent. And I really had to bring that up because Zach and I got to watch a game together this weekend. He was wearing his Kyle Pitts jersey, which is dope, by the way. And uh, I really hope to figure it out. But for as long as the billionaire's son is is calling plays in Atlanta, I don't know that I, I don't know that uh, you know it's going to be anything different than horror hour for you guys every month. So I'll compare October to Arthur Smith. They got Heineke in there, man, now. They're going to start rolling. But, uh, yeah, no excuses for the play calling. My favorite part about that play is Bijan wasn't even on the field, per usual, in the red zone. Um, lots lots, lots of questions there. But, uh, Zach? Ev, you want me to want me I'm next. I, I got it. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, so this one, I actually had a lot of fun with this prompt. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, my first guy is Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase is the month of July. Because when someone says in an interview, I'm like a 7-Eleven, I'm always open, you got to give them the month of July, right? I mean, July 11th, 7-Eleven day. I actually took advantage of that, and I went and got a small Slurpee. So shout out Jamar Chase. Thank you for bringing 7-Eleven back to life here. Um, but ultimately, I think Jamar Chase is a, is a good example of July because july is often looked at as summer vacation no one's really working i mean you are but you're trying to at least schedule at least a week off right that was kind of what the cincinnati Bengals did to jamar chase they didn't really throw him the ball he wasn't a part of their offensive package and as a result joe burrow and the cincinnati Bengals struggled immensely then they figured out i think it was like oh and two or oh and three for them to figure this out just throw your best player the ball why are you not doing that? He is an incredible connection with Joe Burrow, even back to the LSU days. So you're doing yourself a disservice if you take too much of a vacation and you don't throw him the ball. So ultimately they fixed that and Jamar Chase has been going off. I mean, they played San Francisco yesterday and Jamar Chase, even against that secondary, went off. Had a touchdown, had over 100 yards. So um, I figured that that one would be a good one because we haven't really talked about him a lot recently. Um, I feel like the conversation and the pendulum has swinged over to Justin Jefferson predominantly um, as like the best receiver. But Jamar Chase is right there, in my opinion. And uh, I figured he uh, deserved credit. So Jamar Chase is the month of July. Love it. I love, I love it. I got I got two of mine could easily pivot off of that. And before I do that, you know who probably is the best receiver receivers in the NFL right now? A.J. Brown, man. That dude is lighting it up. Uh, as well as Tyreek Hill. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I'm going to go to I'll, – I'll pivot to my July one as well. I have one for July. Um, unfortunately, we're using months. So I'm not the biggest fan of July for whatever reason. Um, but um, the one thing I associate with July and a little bit of August as well, but mainly July, is, is being the dog days of summer, right, as they refer to it as. So so I got I to gotta go with my dog here. That's Matthew Stafford. Another game this week where Matthew Stafford looks like he dislocates a 
finger or something and just is like, eh, I'm good. I'm just going to play through it. I mean, that dude has plays through more injuries than I think I've ever yep. seen and still finds a way to play well. So, you know, as we all, you know, through the hot months of the summer, you know, got to get through the dog days. Matt Stafford's dog days are, you know, getting hurt in some fashion every single week and having to play through it um, and still, you know, try to find a way to pull a rabbit out of the hat and win a game. So Matt Stafford is my July for the dog days of summer. I love it. I love that one. Y'all, y'all have a, y'all are creative with theirs and I love it. So I hope I can keep up with my next one. I'm going to go with February, right? Because Miles Garrett is a cold man. And just like I'm afraid to step outside my door in February when it's freezing, and just like I'm shivering every time I look outside the window, that's what you got to feel like when you're a quarterback in the NFL and you're looking across the line and Miles Garrett's on the other side. When he's ready to sack you, and once he hits you, your body's frigid, you're, you know, you're shivering like I mentioned earlier, and that's all I can think about when I think about February. And by no means is he a Valentine, so maybe there's a paradox right there. Miles Garrett is a cold man and every week he eats and i i just could not think of a month that scares me more than february and that's what i look at miles garrett so i'll keep that one short and simple dang man i like that that was cold-blooded I like it no pun intended with the paradox with valentine's day i really like that one side shout out thank there you, sir. thank you all right my next one here is the month of january and i'm comparing that to bryce young because Cy Coonham then he said to himself at Whiskey Warehouse in Charlotte on Sunday, Bryce Young is going to be a Hall of Famer the moment he gets one win. I'm calling BS. I think he is very accurate. I think he's a great player. But I think he has I, – I really worry about his health because he is continuously taking hits left and right. And so the reason I compare him to January – is because, you know, in the month of January where everyone, you know, it's like, oh, New Year's Eve, oh, into New Year's Day, you get the first couple of days off, you know, that's incredible. But then you start January and you don't have another holiday really until Memorial Day. And it's just this long stretch of, of a distance. And you recognize the moment the parting of New Year's Eve and New Year's Day is over that you're in for a long stretch. I feel like that's Bryce Young because – he right now is feeling the excitement of one win. But when you really look at the long swing of things, he's playing in a fast NFL that's not college football. And they're still the worst team in the NFL. And uh, they have a lot to work on. And they're also going to sell a lot of their pieces. Wouldn't be surprised that Brian Burns is at another team here just in a couple weeks. So overall, you know, congrats, Bryce Young. Um, you celebrated New Year's Eve with that one win. But uh, now it's the month of January. It's long, it's cold, it's deserted, and there's no federal holiday to bail you out of jail. That's Bryce Young to me. I like it. He did look better this weekend, though. He looked better. We see some signs of life. Um, so I'll jump back in. My month is going to be March. Uh, so month March is probably my favorite month of the year. Um, biased because it's a birthday month for me. But you also get... Um, you get the NCAA tournament, you get baseball opening day and spring training. So I just think there's a lot to like from a sports standpoint about March. So, so that means I have to pair it with my, probably my favorite quarterback in the NFL is Joe Burrow. 
Um, you know, he's he's not the best quarterback in the NFL by any means, but just personally from all the swag and, you know, just his play on the field. I love me some Joe Burrow. And similar to the month of March, right, it's a little slow to get going, right? Because the first few weeks, you're kind of just stuck in that February mindset where it's still really cold. It's still kind of dreary. Um, but then as the month goes along, it just starts rolling and you got new sports after new sports and it just like eases you into spring and you get nicer weather. And that's like the Bengals. That's like Joe Burrow, right? The first few weeks of every season, everyone's always questioning, like, what is wrong with the Bengals? Like, are they finally broken? And then after like three or four weeks, you're like, oh, no, they look like one of the best teams in the NFL um, once again. And that's where we are right now in the season, actually, after the uh, the Bengals beat the 49ers. So Joe Burrow, my favorite quarterback in the NFL, competent in my favorite month. Uh, both which uh, you know get off to slow starts. I like that. That was a, that was a nice little like starts off cold and then starts getting hot. So that mm-hmm. was a, that was a smart little tip. I like that. Have nice nicely done there, and that's a good one too because I agree. I think we all and Zach, <clears throat> you called me out on this the episode after I said it. I said I was worried about Joe Burrow because of his health this year, and you called me out that next week and you were right because I was a hundred percent wrong. He looks he looks right back like he was. So I got to give you that. So this next one is going to be a little unique for me. Um, and I didn't just pick a month. I picked specific dates. And I picked two dates in specific. And this is kind of my paradox between two players. And it might be a little interesting given the results of this weekend. But yet, I'm just going to continue to keep this, keep this paradox and keep this perspective until they prove anything differently to me. And I'm going to start with February 29th. It's the leap year. You see that date once every four years where you get real excited about, oh, okay, we got an extra day of the year. That's how I look at Josh Allen on the Bills because at the end of the day, they just do enough every year to get people excited, getting talking about them as Super Bowl champs and wh- whatever else. And it's very much like the leap year because they just disappear. They just disappear. And that's what's going to happen again this year because they're just not showing that they can consistently win and they can consistently win Super Bowls. And the irony to that, though, is every year, every week, and every season, I pick the Chiefs. And I know they just got mauled by the uh, Broncos this week in a tough loss or whatever it is. But I remember way back when there was a movie called The Mean Girls, and they, they were somebody was asked, what is the perfect date? And they said April 25th, because it's not too hot, it's not too cold, and all you need is a light jacket. And that is my boy, Patty Mahomes, because even though he lost this week, I can rely on him every single season to show up when the moment matters, and he is going to be that perfect date for me. So that is my paradox between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, who are arguably one and two in the league in terms of quarterbacks. And I just thought April, February, perfect comparison. I may have used February twice, but I stand by it. Dang, I like that one. And I, I, this is a great leadoff because, or into my segment because um, we all have varying – understandings of when it be when it's cold and it becomes hot and it just makes more sense the further we go down south that hot to me is later than what it is to evan right evan up in new york uh says that march is when it goes from cold to warm because even though it's much colder than like in april or may you know it's it's warm to him because he's so used to frigid temperatures for me or then for Cy, it was april because now we're down mid-atlantic and now let's go to the south i'm may so my month is may from a cold to hot standpoint and my guy is travis Etienne. and the reason i bring travis Etienne up is because he gives you a bunch of flavor much like it might be cold in may down here in the south for us southerners here um, but it's warm towards the end of May as 
Memorial Day hits and now the pools are open and everyone's, you know, going out and about again. Now summer's kind of officially there, like right on the precursor. Travis Etienne also gives you those be the, the best of both worlds with the passing or the receiving and the rushing. So let's talk about the rushing. Travis Etienne is averaging over 4.5 yards a carry right now. He can run in between the tackles and he has blazing speed to where you can run him on a stretch play. That is why I think he is head and shoulders above guys that I even like. I like Brees Hall. Not the biggest fan of Tony Pollard, we know that, but Travis Etienne is above that tier of running backs for that reason. He can run in the tackles, stay healthy, but he can also run in those stretch plays or those sweeps, get to the sideline really, really quick. That's the cold. And the hot is his receiving ability. He had like a 50-yard receiving touchdown yesterday, and uh, it was like an out route or a bubble route or something, or maybe a wheel route. I think it was a wheel route, and, and uh, Trevor Lawrence hit him right on the dime. When you have a player like Travis Etienne, it really changes things, and I feel like he is very underlooked when you look at the whole scheme of NFL offenses and NFL playmakers, even running backs. So uh, a good example is Cy and I were talking about Saquon Barkley. And I know that Saquon Barkley is better than Travis Etienne. But Saquon is given tremendous admiration to, despite the fact that he is not showing the results. It's a giant problem, we'll, so we'll give him an out there. But when you look at Travis Etienne, it's like people are not really speaking about him in the same way they would as Saquon. But he is performing above and beyond. He's a touchdown vulture, and he can get it done on the run and in the pass. So I uh, had to give him a shout-out there, uh, much like kind of the cold and the hot, the yin and the yang of May. So I uh, figured I'd compare ETN to, uh, to that springtime. I like it. You were on uh, ETN preseason, Cy and I were not, so from a fantasy standpoint. So nice job by you. Nice job by you. Yep, you were on um, my last one is going to be quick. Uh, it's, uh, I'm going to February as well for the leap year aspect. Um, I am going to James Connor because, you know, just like February, Connor is always missing a game, or in the case of the month, is uh, always missing a day pretty much every year, if not more. So um, simple and straightforward. But, um, and, you know, it, you're not always the most excited about February. You're not always the most excited about James Connor, but hey, he has some good moments. So. That's it. I like that one. I was I really like that one. You brought up Adrian Brown earlier, so I couldn't I couldn't bring him up, but I was going to compare him to November because that man eats all day every. Day. I mean, it's Thanksgiving. Every team's secondary is Thanksgiving to him, so you you set that one up already. I guess you got to give Nuke that too. So I'll leave it at that. I mean, I think we all got our our uh, you know some combination of three in. Yep. I like it. Speaking of AJ Brown, I don't know if you guys saw the the touchdown catch he made um, mm -hmm. over the weekend. That was like Odell Beckham level absurd mm -hmm. how he caught that. So if anyone hasn't seen it, um, I think it was like third quarter, maybe fourth quarter. But uh, oh my gosh, dude, and, he's just and unreal. Actually, and it's actually unfair too because Odell's at least like he's an athletic player, but he's like a you know a regular looking NFL dude. AJ Brown is bigger than everyone else on the field, and he makes catches like that. It's Nuke esque. And it's and that's super unfair when you think about it. Yeah. Well, I'll speak of that for Forbes too, because Forbes got dunked on in that play, especially. 
Oh, actually, no, yeah. that might have been against St. Juice, but Fords did give up another touchdown to A.J. Brown. Yeah, I don't know if that was the Forbes. I think it might have been the other one. But I was, yeah, at one point during that game, I was watching it, I was, and I saw Forbes get destroyed by A.J., and I was like, he hasn't played in, like, three weeks, and we played a lot better in the secondary. And I'm like, why is he in the game? Like, <laughs> they, they, like, they, like, saw this on the calendar and were like, oh, yeah, this is the right time to slot Forbes back into the lineup when A.J. Brown is back into time. <laughs> I was like, I was so surprised. I was like, oh, good, he's back. I don't know. I think everyone's healthy, but uh, I mean, St. Drew's hasn't been oh too good gosh, either. So, what a way so it was just to like ruin Forbes' confidence, man. Like, <laughs> you're going to throw him against one of the best receivers in the country who, oh, also talks smack. Like, that's just a recipe to ruin a rookie's confidence. He I was so him. shook. Yeah, I was so shook. I was just like, what? Like, I, I didn't even realize he was playing again, much less, uh, much less now. But, uh, Anyway, that's how it goes sometimes, I guess. But uh, should we go into some recaps? Um, all right. Any of you guys got any off the top? I'm going to pull out the list here just to s refresh my memory. Yeah, we'll love some. I want to talk about like, the Commanders game. Go for it, oh. All right, cool. Maybe I'll lead it off because I know, Evan, you probably got plenty of things to say there. But um, one thing I found interesting is that the Commanders can really hang with any team. And, and it's just like an inconsistency play again with them not doing anything against the Giants uh, defense last week, a 14-7 game where they lost to Tyrod Taylor. And then they come around this week, they have a really strong offensive performance. Sam Howell plays great. He made some incredible throws. I think he had like four touchdowns and one interception. I mean, great stat line, but they fall short to the Philadelphia Eagles. So Evan, I'm curious to see if it's kind of like a permanent defensive problem or an offensive issue. Um, or maybe uh, maybe it's still a coaching, but overall, like I watched that Commanders game and I thought the Commanders were a playoff team. Like they looked like a playoff team on Sunday. So just wanted to kind of shout them out a little bit before we destroy them. I I think there might be a, a matchup thing with the Eagles that like maybe be enemy. I mean, he did beat him in the Super Bowl too and have a good game plan there. So maybe there's something to that that the offense like just all of a sudden looks like a like borderline juggernaut offense and can move the ball with ease against the Eagles. Um, but I, it's gotta just be a culture thing. And like when they see the bears on the schedule, when they see the giants on the schedule, they just like, don't prepare the same. Um, and they don't show up ready to play. Like that's the only thing I can, I can chalk it up to. I mean, um, you know, the Eagles offense, probably a bad matchup for our defense. Um, we struggle with mobile quarterbacks and obviously our corners can't match up with AJ like we talked about, but, um, I, that's the only thing I can chalk it up to is just like you know, bad culture still and not being ready to play against, uh, you know, the bad opponents. Because I agree. I mean, they've shown they can hang with the teams. I mean, they should have won both of these Eagles games. They got, you know, somewhat unlucky, beat themselves at times, but the refs didn't help them out on in both of these games. So, um, yeah, I mean, but yeah. I don't I don't even know if it's a enemy thing because you guys ended their uh, perfect uh, record last year without enemy. It just seems like you got to show up against, you know, your division rivals in, in a way that you maybe don't against, like, for example, the Bills a few weeks ago when they just mauled y'all. Like, I, I did, but that's the thing, right? Like, I said this last week on the pod, and I know, I know uh, that was the episode Zach wasn't on. That's the problem I, I see with the, the commanders. It's like, there's no consistency. And that's why our boy John came out and said it's the same thing every year for seven years. And I'm, I'm making it a little more PC, the statement he made, but it really is. It's, it's what we've seen for years. They have, I said last week, they have talent. But it seems like they don't utilize it correctly, or at least they aren't consistent about it. So that, that's what I got to say there. Forbes and the NFC wild card is, yeah, the NFC wild card is wide open. So that's, wide why, open. that's what's so frustrating about it is that, like, oh my God, if you won one of those Eagles games and you beat the Bears, like, you're probably in a wild card spot. Like, it wouldn't be that much of a, a thing. But um, let's see, what else? 
Um, I don't see much on that. The Jets. Do you, if, I don't know if you guys watched the Jets Giants game. It wasn't a very good game, but the end was electric. I mean, just like I mean, I don't know how the Giants managed to blow that game. Graham would know with a big miss field goal, um, and even a questionable decision to go for that field goal to begin with. Um, one take I'll make is, is Brian Dable is is just not it. Like I think he's a horrible coach. Um, they played above their expectations last year, but like I think he needs to shoulder a lot of the blame for this. I mean, I get they were down to Tommy DeVito or whatever the heck his name is, but um, <laughs> like some of the coaching decisions they make in game are, are just a mess. And shout out the Jets. I'm on the Jets. Zach Wilson, a dog driver there at the end. Um, shout out his quote after the game. If you know, you know. And there you go. I'm laughing. I'm laughing, Evan, because this weekend I look over at Zach and I'm like, how are the Jets tied with Danny DeVito's brother right now? They just pulled this guy on all the cast, always sunny, and he's starting a game and somehow it took all of that to beat them. Like, that is genuinely terrible. Like, just don't get it, Danny DeVito's brother. Yeah, the guy from It's Always Sunny from Philadelphia, you know, he almost beat the Jets. I mean, Graham Bino missed a wide-open field goal there. But, hey, you got to mm-hmm. give credit to Zach Wilson. Made some huge throws towards the end. Garrett Wilson had that big play. Alan Lazard pulled in a couple of late receptions there. Um, Robert Salah, three wins in a row, despite the fact that he looks like he's aged. Still an impressively good-looking man. I can say that from Indeed. one bald guy to the other. but. Indeed. He uh, he does look like he has aged quite a bit because the Jets' season has been stressful, and I think it's going to continue to be stressful. But uh, what are they sitting at five and three right now? I mean, or four and three or something? Yeah, I think five, four and three. Yeah, but they're right in the mix. They're right in the mix, man. There's a there's a big cluster of four and three teams uh, that can can kind of make a run here. And y'all see Aaron Rodgers? He would yeah. look. He was warming up like he was going to play in like two weeks. Obviously, he's not, but he looked good. And the AFC is like more wide open than we thought it would be this year. I part partly because of injuries here and there, but also other teams underperforming. There's there's more spots in that AFC uh, wild card spot than I think we initially thought there would be because we almost um, you know deemed teams a shoe in. For example, another team I was gonna bring up is our handy dandy Chargers, who we basically took off our no bet list, which is such a bummer because of course you would think this Bears bet was the easy one, but we were like, nope, we're not betting the Chargers. And what do they do? Justin Herbert plays like an MVP. I understand that it's the Bears. They're not a good team, but they straight up, like, I mean, it was perfection from him. Like they just straight up dominated that team from start to finish. And you know, they're capable of that. And it's so frustrating because this is just what the Chargers have been um, for years. And I know Evan is not a Staley guy at all, even though Zach has come to his defense a few times. It's 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 an interesting paradox. So I really wanted to bring that up because last night was I was like, come on, man. If y'all played like this every week, you guys would be competing for a Super Bowl, and you just don't. And it doesn't make sense to me. Despite that all of our teams took L's, I'm thinking Commanders, Falcons, Colts. I feel like those were the most electric games. Like, I'm even thinking of the Titans-Falcons game. Obviously, the Falcons had, like, a mix-up in scheme where, you know, as I had mentioned earlier with the spooky hours, Titan number two throwing to Titan number three while Titan number one blocks for everybody. (laughs) Um, That didn't quite make sense. But then also the rookie coming in for Tennessee. uh, What's the uh, Kentucky guy's name? Will Levis, yeah. Levis tossing four touchdown passes. All of them were like over 40 yards or something like crazy. D-hop, just doing D-hop things, pulling in two, I think it was two or three touchdown receptions, but he obviously killed it. And, I, you know, I think we've also come to crossroads with the Falcons too. Are they a good team or not? They're sitting there at four and four. And this is where I, I think the wheels of the bus start to fall off because 
Desmond Ritter was benched for a concussion, which I buy. Um, but I just think Taylor Heineke is going to finish the season out. So not much to talk about there, really. But Will Levis, I mean, what a coming out party for him. And I guess I, I raise a question to you guys. Do you think he now starts for the remainder of the season? Or do you think Tannehill comes back? I think he should. And I think I think Evan's nightmare in Murray Hill, if you will. It, I'm going I'm to use a Halloween pun right now. I think Evan's nightmare in Murray Hill is watching his commanders lose and watching Will Levis ball out. Like, this is literally oh, Evan's fourth nightmare. I'm not worried. <laughs> He, he despises Will Levis. It's, it's actually hilarious to see. But you know what? I got to give credit where credit's due. I'm not going to dispute it, Evan. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend like all his throws to Nuke were perfect, and even the ones that were touchdowns. However, the dude came out as his first game of his career. He didn't even get to start the season like every other rookie quarterback that got drafted in the top two rounds did. I mean, outside of Hendon Hooker. And he throws four touchdowns against a defense that's been relatively decent. So. I got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to keep this up all year, but I, that's a better debut than the majority of rookies I've ever seen. So I'll give credit where credit's due. And shout out New Hopkins. The guy doesn't disappear. Yeah, I'll give him credit on a nice effort um, in his debut. Uh, again, I didn't watch that game too closely, but of the touchdowns, the only one that actually impressed me was the last one. Um, the one that wasn't to nuke, that was actually, I mean, the arm strength that it took to make that throw. Um, and the guy was still open, but like, you know, I mean, he went from like one sideline almost to the complete other corner of the end zone from like 50 yards downfield. So an absolute bomb. But like Nuke was just abusing people. Like the first touchdown where he just shucked AJ Terrell to the side and then was wide open. Like Levis didn't do anything there. And then the slant that Nuke caught was actually like a foot at least behind him that Nuke had to make the play on and then, you know, have some yak to score the touchdown. Um, but still a good performance. But I am, my w hatred of Will Levis. Um, not obviously not personally, but, uh, you know, as a, as a NFL quarterback and thinking he won't be good at all is, uh, that's a die on the hill take. So I'm not coming off that one after a one good game, but I do think he should start over Tannehill if Tannehill is not, you know, traded. I just want to say this real quick though. I know it wasn't the best throws, but I'm just going to give you guys a quick, quick take here. Have Zach Wilson or Baker Mayfield, both of whom are starting in the NFL and have played, you know, a combined like 200 more games than Will Levis. Have they ever had a single game that was as good as Will Levis' first start? It, probably they, not. Baker, Baker had a good season, actually. Yeah, but People he never forget. had – he wasn't a four-touchdown-in-a-game kind of guy, and he had Odell Beckham Jr. and could not get Odell Beckham Jr. to even be a top-20 receiver if we're talking about receivers making quarterbacks better. So that's all – I just want to give the rookie credit. That's all I'm saying. He did have a good game, but when you talk one game, Baker actually had a full season of solid games. So he was all right. His rookie, his rookie year, he was pretty good. He was, he was pretty good. He was pretty good. Yeah. He had a pretty good rookie season. I think. Um, I mean, we we touched on a couple of good ones. I, I'm a honestly, it was an interesting one p.m. slate because I feel like what you were saying, Zach, is true. Like none of the good teams really showed up this week. Like for the most part, like in the way that they normally do. So it was more fun kind of watching those like. Uh, uh, teams in between. I did want to make a quick shout out though, because we we're talking about the commanders game early. Isn't it kind of funny that when you throw the ball to your first round pick or try to get him involved, like as a wide receiver, that all like you know that you throw for 390 yards? Like Jahan Dotson has been non-existent all season, and they finally got him involved. So I just want to give him a quick shout out. Like I hope they give him the ball. That guy's good, and I've been on that. I've been I've been a truther. So give him the ball, man. I mean, I don't disagree, but you also, like, you got to blame the receiver. If you look at some of the data on Jahan, the dude has been one of the worst receivers in the NFL from a separation from a contested catch. Like, his numbers, his analytics are horrible. He played well this time, 
but his his like underlying analytics have been horrible this year. So like, I, you know, I don't know. I don't think you just force feed him. It's you know he hasn't been very good. I think I think I think where we vary and and Zach's probably somewhere in between is obviously analytics are important in in modern day, but I do think sometimes they tell a false narrative or can be biased because the reality is even guys that don't have the best analytics, if you can put the ball in places where they get an opportunity to play, they all of a sudden seem to create more separation. And you see that you're, like you're in and you're out with players. So that's, that's my take there. I'm just, I just want to, I'm using Jahan Dotson as an example only because we watch the commanders every week, but he's an example of many players that I feel get underutilized. So that's why I just wanted to point him out as an example of that. What else we got? Panthers first win. We were all on the Panthers this week. We were. And they won. How about that, gents? We should have yeah, bet it. Up, we should have bet it. Yeah. Saying it the whole time, boys, but you were like, oh, no, we can't bet against it. I was like, this is the time to do it. The Matrix works. That's true. We can't, we can't go 0 for 4 one week and then think that we're going to hit on the Panthers the next week. I stand by our, our logic. <laughs> but uh, that was uh, that was a good win for them. The Cowboys looking, uh, looking like back up to their old tricks of just like dominating on defense and getting defensive touchdowns and embarrassing teams as well. Well, Dak actually like this Dak is the first time I've seen him have a great game in, in since like last season. So that's if they, you know, coming off a bye, if they can actually keep that up to a certain extent, then they all of a sudden become a team that you actually have to like pay more attention to in the NFC because their defense is obviously loaded. So that's one thing that, that, that stood out. It's weird too, because Tony Pollard still is not playing great. And they still put up mad points this week, so that's that's interesting. At the link this week, big game. Zach, you got mm-hmm. another another take for yeah, us? Yeah, I was thinking about the um, the Dolphins and Patriots game. Cy and I were watching it. We were cracking up because it was like, okay, you're never gonna be able to stop Tyree Kill. Another forty yard bomb touchdown, backflip. The guy is unbelievable. But what's really interesting was. Listening to the Mike McDaniel podcast, he was on the Pivot podcast with Fred Taylor, Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder, and Mike McDaniel said, "I actually reverse engineer the routes, so I don't I don't start with like the X's and O's, and I start drawing. Okay, the X receiver is going to run a post, and the slot receiver is going to run a drag down the middle or whatever." He actually looks at defensive schemes and he finds openings while like the play is in motion. And then he tries to exploit those holes, and then he runs the routes into those particular gaps. Yeah, just make sure to watch ours first, viewers. But uh, Mike McDaniel is a wizard. Uh, did you see his quote on Jalen Ramsey? Uh, what did he say? No, I didn't see it. He, he, I don't know. They asked him about the pick, and he was like, yeah, I was I was really disappointed. Like, Jalen came back, and he said he's, he told me that he's going to come back, and he's going to have a pick six. And then Mike was like, so I was really disappointed. Like, he didn't say he was going to come back and have a pick field goal. Like, <laughs> it was hilarious. He's just so good. He's so good. But, yeah, I think, um, I guess Kirk Cousins, unfortunate news there, torn Achilles. We'll see what they do with the trade deadline because the Vikings are starting to play well. Um, yeah, Jordan. So that's too Jordan, bad. Uh, Jordan Sadison is, is, is the new nickname that people are giving him. Let's, oh, get, really? let's, get, let's get our boy Cam Akers a little more involved. That's all I'll throw out there. Dude, he doesn't. He's, neither of those running backs are any good at all. They both were like Akers below two yards good, of carry man. this week. I will die on that hill. Cam Akers is a good one. Oh, jeez. What else you guys got? I think that's it. I, I mean, I'm I'm ready for picks. I feel like it was kind of a yeah. a little mellow weekend, especially because the Chiefs and the 49ers 
let us down. And, I, I, you know, it's hilarious. I'm surprised Evan hasn't taken another opportunity to just grill the 49ers Brock Purdy. That was – I'm surprised. I expected that. Well, I haven't gotten to the bottom of my list. You guys are already done, so I'll, I'll go quick. But Seahawks, big one. That was a really, really nice win for the Seahawks. Um, and then the Chiefs were a nightmare. But Mahomes with the flu. Literally, maybe yeah. give him a pass and see what happens. But the one soapbox moment, I sent this to you guys in the, the group chat. Um, so Mike Florio and Chris Sims, who I used to like, but they've had a couple of really rough moments this year. They spent eight minutes on their show blasting Patrick Mahomes for going to the World Series with flu-like symptoms and then playing that bad on Sunday. But he didn't even go to the game. It was reported that he was going to go to the World Series. And then day of, Bob Nightingale, an MLB reporter, reported that he wasn't able to go to the game. He didn't specify why, but obviously it's because he was ill. And then those, you know, quote-unquote NFL experts spent eight minutes on their show basically ripping Pat Mahomes for that decision when he didn't even go. And that's like the second or third just awful bit of journalism from those guys. And, like, they need to be held accountable. Like, they need to be better. Um, they realized – yeah, they they and eight minutes into the video, someone goes in their ear and they're like, "No, I, he ended up not going, or whatever." But yeah, they, and they still left the video up. I'm like, dude, this is like really bad. Um, and this isn't the first time that each of them have said like really bad things on their show. So that's my soapbox for the day. That like they need to be held in check. All right, you know. And and let me throw this out there. I also love that after, um, you know, Zach pitched one podcast where we're going after another one. That's a good balance we're doing over here but but i will say this i don't know who those two people think they are to tell multiple time mvp a super bowl champion and a 500 million dollar man what to do with his life because even if he went to the world series game who are you to rip him your backup quarterback barely you talk about draft classes every year and act like you know what you're talking about if you go back and look at that dude's quarterback analysis, it is horrendous. I've had better quarterback analysis than this guy, and the best quarterback throws I've made was on our MDS podcast video two weeks ago. So I'm, I'm so tired of people just – like if, if you're going to come after someone, Patrick Mahomes is not that dude. That's how you ruin your own career, dude. Do not disrespect a GOAT. Like I, I'm, not, I'm not here for that nonsense. They need to put Mondays down south on the big networks. What do we think, boys? You know, we're going to tell it like it is. We're going to tell it like it is. We might not have the clout like a Skip Bayless but or uh, or these guys, but uh, hey, we're going to tell it like it is. We don't got nonsense. Yeah, we come <laughs> from a different angle. We compare NFL players the months during the year. Exactly. I mean, look, like this is... <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. Um, but yeah, now that you've given my, my Brock Purdy moment... Um, the Bengals are back to being amazing, as I mentioned earlier. Brock Purdy's not the guy. Sam Darnold's better. Jump aboard the train, boys. It's left the station. I said this before the season for those that's... He's... Did you watch the game? He was, that was awful. One game. He's, he's bad. He's bad, period. He's actually might even be worse than I thought. But just because Brock Purdy isn't like an elite quarterback doesn't mean Sam Darnold is better. That's the part of the take that is very shocking to me. It's one thing to say, okay, Brock Purdy is not as good as people make him out to be. It's another thing to be like a guy that's had like 10 years to prove himself a starter in the NFL that has never done anything with that, who was one of the best college quarterbacks, is better than than, than him for that reason. That makes no sense. That's, that's a weird take to me. Well, fair critique, but my point is that being on the 49ers, Sam Darnold has all the tools. Um, I think he would play better than Purdy, which you know means he is per- better than Purdy. But uh, we good for picks? That's a fair, 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 uh, fair comeback though. We got a shakeup, so obviously we haven't reported results in like three weeks. So this is interesting. Um, we have a shakeup a bit. Um, 
not as much at the top, but Sai, you've slipped into last here. Ooh. Um, after a few rough weeks, I have uh, moved into second. Zach is uh, still in first. Um, it's it's close though. Zach's got a three game lead on me and five on Sai. Um, meaning that I am two up on size. So it's tight. Um, we've upped our percentages, which is good. We're all above 600. Uh, Zach's at 680 How from boys a percentage standpoint. Start listening so. to me, boys. My boys, <laughs> my boys been talking mad smack, man. I, I, I got them the last two years, but I'll give them credit where credit's due. I'll give yeah, credit. Matt, on that. But it uh, should be a fun finish. Uh, so we'll start Thursday night football. Um, we got Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's a three-point favorite at home. I believe it will be Will Levis and maybe Mitch Trubisky. I actually don't know if Pickett came back in that game, so I don't have a ton of good info there. Um, over-unders 36. Uh, let's start with Cy. Sorry, what the, can you give me the spread number again? I got the over-under. Pittsburgh minus three. Oh, man. Um, I think Pittsburgh win, win and cover. Pittsburgh win and yeah. cover. I like Maybe Pittsburgh. Tennessee. Tennessee money line. Sorry, I've, I've Will Levis. Uh, you know, Kentucky, uh, relatively close to Pittsburgh. I know it's an away game, but he just played too good against a bad pass defense. And what does Pittsburgh have? They have a bad pass defense. Give me, uh, give me Tennessee. Uh, um, I like Pittsburgh to win and cover. Tough to to go on the road to Acquisure, shall we say? Um, Next game, we're in Germany this week, gentlemen, for a, oh, just an awesome game at 9.30. You're going to have to get up early for this one, Cy, and, uh, and tune in. Ma- yeah. Miami, Miami at Kansas City. Um, it'll be 9.30 Eastern. Uh, Kansas City's actually a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the neutral site. Over-under is 50. I'm going to take my – I'm nervous because I, I blasted Miami last week for not having beaten any good teams. But I don't know how Patrick Mahomes is going to feel much better after he has to get on a flight and fly to another country. Um, and I'm going to say Miami beats their first good team in a while um, and gets the money line win here. Zach? Same here. Miami. It's, come, it's comeback season for my picks and for, for my squad I pick every week. It's Kansas City. Yeah, that's a nice spot for you to try and get one back. I like that. Um, next game is Minnesota at Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta is a four and a half point favorite at home, not knowing who, oh, I guess, uh, Jaron Hall will be Minnesota's quarterback, presumably, unless they trade for someone and get him in immediately. Um, but, uh, 37 and a half is the over under. Um, let's start with size so Zach can go last for his team. Give me, give me a Heineken. Give me a Heineken Atlanta money line. Agree. I think they're going to be better with Taylor Heineke offensively. So I like it. Yeah, no, I think this is a spread 4.5. Uh, Atlanta's direction side. Um, not sure if that changes your analysis or not. Oh, sorry. I thought he said Minnesota was four and a half, and because they haven't accounted for Kirk Cousins yet, I misunderstood. No. Okay, so let me just then just give me Atlanta wins no cover. I'm gonna go with that. Give me Atlanta wins and covers, baby. I love flaming the Falcons, but I think this is the time they uh, they turn around. Uh, Heineke immediately started to work with all of the first round picks that we drafted for a reason. Um, in the time that he played, and I just think Minnesota um, is going to really struggle passing the ball. It's going to be it's going to be real problematic for him. So Atlanta win and cover. I love it. Uh, next game is Seattle at Baltimore. An interesting game across conferences. Um, Baltimore is a five and a half point favorite at home. Over under is forty three. Let's start with Zach. This is a tough game because Seattle is actually relatively good on the road. And like you said, Evan, the group chat, Seattle is good. The problem is I think Baltimore Ravens are better. Give me Baltimore wins and covers in M&T Bank. It's going to be crazy there this weekend. Cy? I'm going to go Baltimore wins and covers as well. 
Yeah, sometimes I make the mistake of not giving Baltimore enough credit for how they play at home. Um, so I think Seattle's offense might struggle with that defense, and uh, they'll be able to score enough. Uh, Baltimore winning cover. Next game, Arizona at Cleveland. Um, Joshua Dobbs has been benched for one of Clayton Toon or Kyler Murray could be back this week. Um, Cleveland's a seven-point favorite at home. Over under is 38.5. I got Cleveland winning cover. We'll go to Zach. Cleveland wins in covers just because they benched my fellow alopecia areata man. Um, so I, I think this is actually going to be a bloodbath. I think Cleveland is going to put the hurt on them this weekend. Hmm. I really wish you dressed up as Josh Jobs for Halloween now. The, the irony would have been hilarious at this point. But I'll go with Cleveland winning cover. All right. Next game, uh, Rams at Packers in Lambeau. Green Bay is a three-point favorite at home. Over-under is 39.5. I'll start with Zach. Give me the Rams money line here. I know I shouldn't be doing that with all of the injuries there, but um, I don't think the Rams are as good as we thought. Right? You know, Evan and I have maybe predicted that, but I do think Whoa. that they're better than what you sometimes say, Evan. So give me the Rams money line here. Sai? Well, I'm a, what I'm concerned about is I don't know if Matt Stafford's playing. I think, oh. I think he was having trouble gripping the ball is what I was hearing. So with that in mind, I, I mean, I want to pick the Rams because you guys know I like the Rams, but I just don't know. So for that reason, I'm going to go with Packers win. I'm, I'm not going to go cover, though. I'll just go Packers win. Um, I know it's only three, but I'll just go Packers win. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick with the Rams. I have the Rams, um, but certainly that's only if Stafford plays. I don't think either of these teams are good at all. Um, so that's a tough one, but – Next game is actually a very similar matchup to me, and it's Tampa Bay at Houston. Um, Houston is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Over-under is 40. Um, let's start with uh, Cy. You said two-and-a-half favorite at home? Yep. Oh, wow. I'm going to go. You said Tampa, right? I'm gonna go, go give me Tampa to win that game. Uh, why does Houston get so much love, man? Houston plays way better at home. I'm going to take them to win. Um, I say it's close, though. No cover. Zach? Oh, yeah, Tampa wins. Tampa wins this game. Next game, Chicago at New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans is a seven-point favorite at home. Should be uh, Tyson, uh, whatever you say his last name again. Uh, over under is 41. Start with uh, Zach. So this is another game where I think New Orleans has something to prove. They're 4-4. Four and four. The division in the NFC South is tight. Give me... New Orleans wins and covers 7.5. I think they're real. I mean, they scored almost 40 points against the Colts. Just imagine what they're going to do against the Bears. So I like this spread. Sai? This is an easy win and cover for me. The, like, the Bears are not going to be able to do anything against that defense. Probably true. I have a no cover, but, you know, I'm not, not uh, tied to the no cover by any means. <laughs> um, next game, Washington at New England. Um, New England is a three-point favorite at home. Over-under is 40. Uh, let's start with Zach again. Dude, I love this spread. Give me Washington money line here. Washington money line. Here we go again, gents. I, I think my new strategy, since we get to go last for our teams, is I'm just going to copy y'all's picks on the commanders just so I don't lose ground when they, when they play. Um, but, uh, I mean, if they have any heart at all, they should win this game to give themselves a chance. But... My my worry is uh, the whole Bill Belichick against young quarterbacks thing. Like he, Sam Howell's probably going to get looks he's never seen before. Um, so it's probably honestly tough. But um, all right, three Washington money lines. What a world. Um, next game: Indianapolis at Carolina. 
Indianapolis is a two and a half point favorite on the road. Over under is forty four. I think it's tough. Um, I have Indy winning, but not covering. We'll go to Zach. Same here. Win and cover. All right. Next game: uh, Giants at Raiders. Um, line opened at Raiders minus three. Subject to change with the outcome of tonight's game. Um, so three point home favorites. Over under is thirty eight and a half. Uh, Zach, start us off. Give me the Raiders win and cover that one. I just think the Raiders are a lot better than the Giants, even though they haven't really shown it this season. And apparently they're not showing it tonight either as, as of this podcast. Yeah, that's a shame. Cy? Jimmy G's back. We don't even know if they're going to have like, – if the Giants might start DeVito again. So, I like, please give me the Raiders on this bet. Yes, the Raiders win and cover. Yeah, I like the Raiders with Jimmy G um, as well. A uh, huge game in the four four o'clock window. Dallas at Philadelphia. Philadelphia is only a three point favorite at home. Over under is forty six. Let's uh, let's go to side to start. I'm gonna go with Philly wins and covers. I'm gonna go Philly wins and covers as well. They kind of have Dallas's number the last few years. Zach, Philly wins and covers, but I am not confident in this one. Yeah, I could see Dallas pulling it out. Um, Exciting Sunday night football game as well. We got Buffalo at Cincinnati. Um, hopefully they get to uh, you know finish what they started here after the last time they were scheduled to meet up got uh, you know tragically canceled. Um, Cincinnati is three point favorites in this. Over under is forty eight and a half. I think Cincinnati's going to get it rolling, baby. I think uh, Cincinnati winning cover. Zach. You got you, bro. I'm so angry at the Bills for not allowing us to cover when they comfortably could have. I want to pick the Bills because I, I just know that they are better than how they are playing, but you cannot stop the Bengals right now. And I'm going to go with the Bengals to win and cover this as well. I home. love this so much because every year I pick the Bengals over the Bills. You guys know I've been doing it for years. But for the first time ever, I'm the one picking the Bills. Bills win this game, money line. Good job, Cy. Um Chargers at Jets, Monday Night Football in MetLife. Um, Chargers are three-point favorites on the road. Uh, let's start with Zach. I hate this game so much because Justin Herbert and the Chargers are just terrible when they go to the eastern seaboard. And the Jets certainly have the defense that can quiet that electric Chargers offense, no pun intended. Um but I'm going to go with the Chargers to cover three. I think they can do it. I think it's going to be a gross game. They can't play like the Jets. They cannot play like the Jets. But um, if, as long as the Chargers can get like 23 points, they're going to cover this. So I, I have faith in them. Sai? I'm going to go Chargers cover like eight. And the, re the reason I'm saying this is Austin Eckler is back. And that's the piece they've been missing, and that's going to make all the difference. He completely took over that game last week. I, I know, I know, Ev. We said we don't want to do this anymore, but I'm going Chargers like cover by a lot. Every every part of me wants to pick the Jets out right here. Um, I think they can create some problems with their defense, but I'll say the Chargers win, but they sneak out a field goal win, so it's uh, uh, technically a push, but I'll say no cover. This should be fun. That's the board, gents. Any last words uh, before Week Nine? No, I'm just I'm excited to see to see. I, first, I gotta give you both a shout out, but I do want to say something real quick. Zach and I think we need to instill some form of a uh, loser's punishment for the week to week picks. So the person who loses is going to have to for 20 to 30 seconds do some sort of performance. We will we will we will fill you guys in on the details next week because we're gonna have to talk about this offline. 
just stay tuned for that because this will be comedic to say the least. So just, just remember that. And I, this makes me really disappointed because me and Zach were giving Evan crap thinking that he would finish last every week like he has the last two years because he always picks the upsets. But all the upsets I've been picking have been burning me right now. So I, I, I shouldn't have been talking smack. So it's going to be on me. My new strategy has me in a good spot from a pick standpoint. I'm going to catch Zach here soon. So Love it. Overall, uh, just really appreciate all the uh, the viewership and the attention that you have been given uh, Mondays Down South. We really appreciate it, and uh, we will catch you on the next one. That was Mondays Down go South. Ahead, go ahead. Who who wins the World Series, Cy? It'll be done D-backs. by the next podcast. D-backs in seven, baby. Give me all the right. D-backs in seven. They're down three three zero right now. I, I should have given you that information before, but uh, it looks like Scherzer's was pitching well. So I saw the Corey Seager home run, but D-backs in seven. I'm sticking with the Rangers, but uh, all right. Sorry, Zach. That was Mondays Down South. That was Mondays Down South. Mondays Down South.